Welcome to the House of Mario, episode 69. We are the Nintendo Podcast, a part of the 8-Bit Collective. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, alongside, as always, Rice the Wind. Howdy, howdy. Uh, today on the show, we're a packed. We've got three special guests. We've got Eric Zuss from Nintendo Everything. Is no one else going to say nice at episode 69, or is it just me? <laughs> hey, hey, I was waiting for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was saying to Bryce on the way here, I'm like, do you realise it's episode 69? This is a, a momentous occasion. It's really exciting. Oh, I'm sorry, Teehee. <laughs> yeah. We've got Riley Huppert, he's a game dev here. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, so just for you guys who don't know, Riley, he's a good friend of ours from high school. Been keeping up ever since. How you going, man? Yeah, really good. Uh, excited to be at PAX and debuting on your podcast. Yes. Are you excited? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Actually, your first well, debut was Avcon, but that was uh, like yeah, so... Well. Yeah, that wasn't really like... That was more like a shortcut interview than anything. Yeah, exactly. And we got Buddy Watson from Dash Culture. Yeah, returning again. Yes. Yep. Um, I don't know who's been on more, Eric or Buddy? Buddy. Everyone I reckon Buddy. Was, you've been on two, and you've been on... This will be two, two I think. Because you came on to ours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've been, on da- we've been on Dash Culture, but, you know, it's been like back and forth. But I've also... We were also on... I've at least been on Nintendo by numbers when it was running. Yes. No. So, yeah. 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 So yeah. that means I win, right? But he so loses. <laughs> in other words, in other words, the numbers sort of stack up. <laughs> They're about even. Yeah. I reckon that's all right. Yeah. So guys, we'll start off. Uh, how's your packs been, Bryce? Okay. Well, I'll start then. Um, my packs has been Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo and Indies for the most part. Uh, there's massive lines to just about everything on Saturday, Sunday. There was games I wanted to play, like Devil May Cry that um, were on the show floor. Didn't find out about them till Saturday morning, so I didn't get the chance. But I did play Kingdom Hearts, which was a big one, so that's done. Uh, but other than that, no, it's been a pretty good time walking around, seeing everything, first packs, great experience, enjoying it. Yeah. Been drinking every night. Oh, it's <laughs> so, crazy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about yourself, Eric? Uh, my packs have been all right. My legs are now dead. Um, the, the centre is getting more smelly by the moment, yeah. but um, <laughs> we've only got like about four or five hours left, so I think I can survive. Yeah. yeah. So this is like the two of you's first packs. Yes. Is it, it is. what you expected? Is it like how would you compare it to what you thought? Well, I've just kind of jumped straight into the media end, like I haven't done yeah. any of just exploring myself type of thing, um, and it's been <laughs> massive. Like it's just yeah. constantly going from one thing to the next to the next to the next, and just talking to devs. But it's fun. I'll give you that. But it just kills you. Like, yeah. <laughs> just walking around for that many hours, and then you go out at night, you're making sure you're drinking, you're interacting with everyone, and, yeah, it's just a big four, three, four days, and you're just ready for it to the end by the end. I think yeah. everyone is ready for it to end. Yeah. So, so you think it kills you, but you're also a city boy. I know the city's much smaller. <laughs> yes. But, like, from us that come from the hum, humdrum... Humdrum. <laughs> humdrum town of Millicent. The boondocks. Yeah, the boondocks, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's... Uh, going into Adelaide is enough of an experience for us, let alone going into the middle of Melbourne. And oh, it's crazy this. here. Like, everyone's yeah, just out there beeping their horns, jaywalking. I don't know what is going <laughs> on. <laughs> I'm not used to this. Why don't you Guilty. Funny? How's uh, your packs been? It's been good. It's really good. Uh, this is my third packs. Um, but I will say that this has actually been my best packs. Last year I did a lot of panels. This year I'm doing a lot more, playing a lot more games, mm. in a better, better mind state, and actually enjoying everyone else's friendship like yep. you know, last year would have been like the first time of, you know, I'd met Drew and Bryce um, and now I'm, I, I yeah, guess yeah. I'm a little bit more comfortable we've interacted we've done podcasts together and um, yeah, I yeah. Can, it feels like this year I can remove the internet in front of the f- 
friends tag that I've been yeah. given to all to my internet friends, so to speak. And now I can just call you all friends and be a lot more comfortable and enjoying the, the, the social side of it a bit more. So That's a great explanation of it too, because that was, that's basically what it was for a very long time sort of thing. And honestly, like with us traveling between things like this, it's, it's kind of like, well, why haven't we sort of made these, these sort of meetups more commonly? But I suppose it's just a perfect opportunity. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that's great. Yeah. What about you, Riley? What have you been doing? Uh, yeah. So I've mainly been uh, just wandering around, taking everything in. A lot of the lines for AAA games are just too long when I know if I'm going to buy the game already before I yeah. try it. Uh, <laughs> so I did play some Nintendo things. Smash, obviously. Been waiting forever. How could I not? So Ooh, yeah. what did you think of Smash? Uh, it felt more different than I was expecting. I think in my head when I looked at it, I was like, oh yeah, this is just going to be like Smash U, but with more characters. And it's really a lot heavier than that, Uh, which isn't a bad thing at all. It's just going to take me a while to get used to it. I tried picking up Snake, who I haven't played in five years, (laughs) and thinking I'd just be the best again, and I got (laughs) utterly destroyed. Um, But yeah, can't wait to get my hands on it, obviously. Uh... Also tried out Rage 2, which was a lot of fun, and then mainly just been playing indies. Awesome. So what, what did you think of Rage 2? I know it's not Nintendo, but I am yeah. curious because like, I don't think we got to try it out. I'm hearing a lot about it. Um, yeah. But, um, I, I think Rage 1 just didn't hit what they wanted to hit, and this yeah. time they've kind of made this perfect blend of what was Rage 1, uh, the Doom combat engine, and some sort of, like, weird mash of Borderlands culture in it as well. <laughs> and you just have this weird, fun, stupid experience that is seem- shaping up to be fantastic. It does look like fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just depends what uh, what else is coming out that time of the year, next year. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It could easily be one of those games that gets drowned under, you know, your Red Deads or, your like, something huge like that. Yeah. Can we talk about some other weird, fun, stupid experiences? And has anyone played the Goose Game? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen many things about yeah. the Goose Game. Oh, See, look, Buddy's, Buddy's got, the badge. Buddy's got that big Buddy old badge. It's the biggest badge. Inform us about the Goose Game, my friend. Goose Game is going to be Game of the Year in 2019. Mark Ooh. my words, clip this out, do whatever you need to do to prove to me that uh, <laughs> I was right or wrong next year, but it's right. As long um, as Overcooked 2 is still Game of the Year this right, right? Celeste. Celeste? Celeste's Game of the Year, yeah. people. I mean, okay, okay. But stay, stay on brand. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Before that was released, it's going to be Game of the Year. Come on. Well, okay, well. <laughs> I know Celeste. I know Celeste is amazing. Celeste won Overcooked 2, two next year, Goose Game, Game of the Year. You're definitely on about that, because that Goose Game, I just noticed there has been a constant line. Like, the oh, other yes. indies in Nintendo's booth, there's people coming and going. You can get in if you want to. That Goose game, you've got no hope. You've got, you ought to be waiting at least an hour and a half to play that game. Yeah. That's but why we haven't played it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think everyone looks at it, and you're just so puzzled at what it is. You have to try it for yourself. I was watching some uh, girl play it, and she was just... She was just dragging this pumpkin around, and she was spinning it around, and you're just seeing the pumpkin roll. Yeah. Like, God, the physics look good. Yeah. Like, physics you wouldn't expect it. Like, oh. But according to uh, the, re- the the reps at the booth, they were saying that it's actually Australian developed. I don't know if that's true because they said all the games were Australian developed, and obviously some weren't. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. That, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. House, 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 developing it. Um, yeah, because we stuffed up because we had we had a um, an hour on Friday to go and check everything out. And we, we, we said, all right, Smash. We went and played two games of Smash. We went and played Pokemon. 
but then there were no lines for Smash, so we ended up playing half an hour of Smash. So that's probably on us, but, you know, we get blindsided when it comes to uh, Super Smash Brothers, so... Yeah. And to be fair, it's the biggest thing they've got this year. They have that many screens. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I, I was actually a little surprised at how... I know there's a lot of Pokemon, but I kind of thought that would be taking up more room than Smash. Yeah. Uh, because it just has maybe more general appeal. But it will it, it, definitely... It'll probably sell twice as much as yeah, Smash. Um, yeah. I, I guess Smash has the benefit of you can just shove people in really fast compared yeah. to Pokemon. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, there's a 10-minute demo, and it's only the one TV where you can have probably five minutes on four people on Smash. But yeah. Yeah, like, like, like this being your, you guys' first Smash, um, not Smash, packs. Um, How like, old do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first Smash. I've never played Smash before. <laughs> yeah, but, like, have you guys noticed the booths just being so much bigger this year because of EB Expo being blended in? Like yeah. this, the uh, Nintendo booth alone is probably twice the size. Like it's really impressive, just how it, like same with PlayStation, Xbox, Ubisoft. It's really yeah. cool to see. Yeah, yeah, they really decked up the Nintendo booth. It looks really cool. Yeah. I'm surprised that so many people like I shouldn't say surprised because I'm not surprised. But really, if I was coming to PAX as just a general consumer, I'm not going to come here to check out Smash or to check out Pokemon. I'm going to buy those games anyway. Yeah, I know what they're going to be like. There's going to be reviews around. The other little indie games that are around are the real star for me. Just going and checking them out and just going to all the different booths and actually getting my hands on with them because they're the type of things you don't always get to get your hands yeah, on. Definitely. There's not a lot of impressions around there. And so seeing those things is kind of special to me. Are there any that kind of stand out to you guys in the indie area itself? Um, we'll talk about it later, but we probably Soundfall was the one that uh, mm. really appealed to me. Yeah. Um, just just its art style and I love rhythm games so it was right up my alley. So what about the yeah. Nintendo booth? Is anything standard out in the actual booth itself? <laughs> uh, Smash and Pokemon yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. No, that was great. It's, we can we can watch a match right now and do the podcast. It's amazing. It's a massive screen up there. So what what would be some highlights for you guys? Maybe some favorite games or um, just a lot favorite booths maybe, favorite experiences, favorite panels. Go around that one. Start at Buddy yeah. Cameron. Uh, <coughs> well, the games, Scouts Honor, uh, Untitled Goose Game, Tunic from the Xbox oh, Indies yes, yes. Uh, was really good and it's right up my alley type of game. Uh, and the other thing that I checked out today that I was really surprised by, I don't really, not into tabletops or board games type stuff, yep. so I walked past a guy in a booth and it was called Chess Plus. Oh, you, have I, I have seen this. Have yes. you seen this? Yeah. Yeah, it's really good where all the chess pieces except for the king are half pieces and uh, you can actually merge pieces together and then those pieces have both abilities of that piece. That's but cool. if that piece gets taken, you lose both those pieces oh. and you can unmerge them later. So hypothetically, huh. your first move could be bishop into pawn. Then you can bishop at the end of the end of the board, split that pawn and get it close to becoming a queen straight away. That's so right. it adds yeah. a whole new element to chess and um, a lot more fun and something that I, you know, I'm not into chess or whatever. I think it's a bit slow and cumbersome and a bit more strategical for, for yeah, you know, yep, someone yep. of my intelligence. <laughs> but um, <laughs> chess, chess plus adds a bit more of a fun element to it. So yeah. that's a bit of a surprise for me. Yeah. What about you, Riley? Uh, I think uh, I may be a little bit biased because my friend's working on the game, but I think uh, Ashen was actually one of the more uh, one of my highlights, mainly just because it's that sort of a Souls-like loop that you get from Dark Souls or any of those variants. But it felt the world felt a lot more appealing to me, yeah. and that, that was something I've been looking for in that sort of it's game. Not, in it's a while. not as dire. Yeah, yeah. and I I'm personally I'm quite put off of that look of Dark Souls and Bloodborne and those things and it's yeah, nice yeah. to for me to be able to step into this genre not that it's an easier game but but a lighter take on it yeah um, that and just 
I'm kind of a sucker for specialty items, and I went and bought some stupidly expensive D&D dice. So <laughs> that's always fun. Yeah, they're my highlights. Bryce? Um, I think the two the two indies that grabbed me the most were probably Party Crashers and Stormboy. Yeah. Um, Stormboy thematically is based really close to us at the Kurong. Uh, that game looks really nice with the art style it's got. There's only four mini games on show, which kind of says, you know, no, there's not much there at yeah. the moment. But um, it plans to go over the entire book yep. of Stormboy, and uh, you know, running around with Mr. Percival on the beach, you draw penis in the sand if you're, <laughs> if you're really feeling it you know um, but you know they had a, they had a little diving mini game that was one of the coolest things where you di- uh, dove underwater and just the art style and the like everything that's going on with the lighting and yeah. stuff like that just made it look absolutely it's brilliant. aesthetically really pleasing but it will come down to price on that I think just yes. with, like, with the actual what you're actually doing like the mini games they're very 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 simple yeah it was originally developed but there's a whole story attached to that don't forget that yeah yeah they were originally de- developing it for iOS, so it kind of shows you like sort of what they had in mind to start off with before right. they went for yeah. Switch and PlayStation and Xbox. But, um, but yeah, Party Crashes. Yeah. Party Crashes is really endearing. A lot eight, of fun. Eight, I, 800 different types of customizations for that. Whew. Yeah, it's I reckon. Crazy. I reckon if we have a party, that's going to stand right next to Super Smash Brothers as like a party game. That is so really, much fun. It is. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Like I, uh, We went to the um, party mode panel last night. That was the first game they cracked out for party mode. And it's just a whole lot of fun. It's just like, try to survive with your car. It's like, if you're not really good at that, there's walls. If you want to mix it up a little bit, you get teleporting walls. So you're playing like Portal whenever you go through them. You know? Have you guys played Party Golf or the new one coming out soon, Party Poppers at all? We watch Party Poppers. We watch Party yes. Poppers. Okay. The they are both just as customizationable. Yeah. And especially yeah. Party Golf, which is their, like, their first game in their party series. Yeah. Amazing. It's yeah, just, just 2D golf and how well it works in a party setting. I just I can't believe how well it, how well it does. Um, and the Party Poppers seems to be really cool too. They're still a, about a year away from now anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But like they seem to be making, Giant Margarita, they seem to be making this really cool series of party games that like I just hope one day they just put it into a pack and say you know here's a pack of like all our best party games and and sell that to people because I reckon that will do really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, as far as my kind of games that have stood out to me, I'm gonna go right next door and say Piku Niku and Gris that they're done. Uh, they've been published by uh, Devolver Digital, yeah, and they're both really cool. Especially Piku Niku, it's kind of like like it's. A, it's look is like Mr. Men. That's all I can say. Right. Yeah, you, like, if you, I don't know if you guys know Mr. Men, but like, yeah, yeah. it's basically like they had Mr. Men. They said, here's the rejects from Mr. Men, the, the guys that weren't special enough, and put them <laughs> in their, like, their own quirky little town. And that's exactly what the game is. It's just so quirky. The dialogue's really, really funny. Um, and it's just, there's so many different ways that you just do stuff in that town. Like, it, I don't even know why it's so fun, but you're just collecting apples. You're trying to solve puzzles with these weird townspeople. And just ki- and like you don't play it in two player as well, which is just like this puzzle mode. It's kind of like a separate part of the game, and it's puzzle mode. And like you can just kick each other and try to solve the puzzles. It, the whole game was just really fun. And then Gris, Gris is kind of like this. It's, I can only explain it as feeling like Journey, but like a 2D Journey. Oh right, yeah. yeah. And it has this really beautiful, almost hand drawn type of art style. Um, that honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Journey. I know that's kind of like blasphemy to say, but I'm not a big fan of Journey. But this game here really kind of took me away. The music is just kind of endearing. And it seems that we're going to be kind of having this this emotional story with... I, I'm not actually sure what the main character's name is, but it looks like we're going to have some sort of emotional story with her. So I'm really looking forward to those two. Uh, as well as Soundfall, but I reckon you're going to chat about that, so I'm not going to mention anything about Soundfall just yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, Soundfall was a highlight for me. Uh, yeah, just... Uh, 
I'm a big sucker for rhythm games, and it's really a different take on the rhythm game. Um, the developers sort of explained it as like a, a, a like sort of play it as if you're beatboxing. You're sort of just like mixing your button combinations together. Yeah. Um, played through, got to the third level, and the third level kicked my ass. I think uh, it's definitely a game <laughs> you need to practice at and yeah. uh, get better at. But yeah, actually, uh, as far as panels go, the highlight for me would have been the um, party mode last night. Party mode was fantastic. It was yeah, a lot of our, fun. Our friend uh, Jack Cruz, and also a member of the Outbit Collective, did a fantastic job of hosting. Yes, he um, did. Yeah. He said he didn't sleep last night because he, no. was, he was on the bloody... He had he had two notos <laughs> and seven espresso martinis. <laughs> How is that man not dead? Uh, he, this morning, he's still hyper. I, I can <laughs> not surprise. I, I just saw him, saw him at lunch. I think he's coming down. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to crash hard by, you know, four o'clock. I don't think we'll see him tonight for after-show drinks. No. No. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of fun to watch, and obviously the highlights for me was going to Nintendo booth, playing Super Smash Brothers, and getting a hold of Pokemon. Even yeah. though Pokemon's only two weeks away, it's nice to be like, oh, cool, played it's there, it. yeah, yeah, it's played it's it. Yeah. yeah, I know what I'm expecting now. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's Absolutely. Just, um, yeah. So we'll talk a little about the indie games. We actually got some interviews this weekend with the uh, indie devs. So we'll throw it over to Zane from Brinko, and enjoy the ep- uh, enjoy the interview. I was about to say episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're here with uh, Zane. Uh, the creator of Brinko. How are you going, man? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Very good, thanks. Uh, so we're here just at, at the demo station at PAX. Uh, just uh, tell us a little bit, little bit about your game and uh, what it's all about. So Brinko is an event-based game, so it's uh, it doesn't give you any levels to complete. So it's an area, and if you want to take part in the events of the world, then you can. Or if you want to ignore, then, then you can sit back and see what happens with the game. And hopefully someone else in the AI would want to save the world. Uh, but there won't be any enemies or any bosses waiting in their castle for you to come and attack them. Yep. yep. So it's a lot like uh, I've played for about 10 minutes and uh, the mechanics are sort of you're, you're, playing, you're playing as your character and you're putting down uh, platforms for yourself to jump on. you sort of got to work out where you've got to go to collect the coins and get to the door at the end. Um, are there any sort of games that sort of inspired this or is this uh, something you've been thinking about for a fair while? Or? Well, yeah, with regards to the platform being placed, uh, the main idea behind that was that I wanted people to do whatever they want. So placing the platform was one uh, feature and there's another feature where the uh, character is in a bubble and he can go anywhere he wants. So I've making all the features for the player to do whatever they want and it's the same uh, integration with the event based uh, game that I'm talking about you know they can do whatever they want in the game so that's being you know rippled down uh, rippled as much as you can so I'm keeping it as open as it's possible that's really cool like um and uh yeah it's yeah it looks really neat um yeah, you said you've been developing the game for about four months. You're like, this, this, this isn't your main job. So, um, yeah, how, how have you found sort of balancing your game development with what you're doing uh, to make your bread and butter? Uh, yes, that's the biggest reason. You have to earn bread and butter. So I got really, I was lucky enough to get, you know, jobs which would allow me to work slightly less so I can work on my game. So they're happy with it. Uh, and yeah, as long as I, you know, as long as I don't have any attraction for the game, I will be working, you know, my part time or uh, you know, full time on the game as much as I can. But 
again i have to go back to my full time job as well and earn some money and put it back in the game as much as i can yeah, i i think i think a lot of us can relate to that sort of you've got your passion you really want to work on it but you've got to <laughs> you've got yeah. to do other things yeah, yeah. um so the game's coming to switch and steam i was just i was i, I always like asking any developers this um, so Steam's obviously the easiest platform to get it on. It's developed on PC, so getting it to run on PC is like, uh, one of the easiest platforms to get it going on. But uh, w- what makes you want to bring it to Switch as opposed to PlayStation and Xbox? Um, are they easier to work with? Is the hardware um, easy to work with? Uh, w- what draws you to the Nintendo platform? I would actually say that the hardware-wise, uh, Nintendo is probably becoming more... Uh, indie friendly now it wasn't before like a year ago or a year and a half ago sony or xbox were probably more friendly but the game is more switch oriented so it gives you a feeling of uh, family friendly game and you know it's uh, fits in well with all the other games that are in uh, nintendo so i can't imagine myself you know putting it on Xbox unless I really really have to go down the lane my first priority even more than uh, Steam would be Switch yep that's fair enough uh, like a lot of games especially indie games have seen huge success on Switch just because the art style the gameplay is really it really comes down to what Nintendo fans want uh, there's a game called Blossom Tales which is basically a like a, like a very Zelda like game and that and uh, yeah uh <laughs> and yeah, what's going to say? I thought I was going to say now. <laughs> I've lost my words. It's getting late. <laughs> it's, it's also yeah. coming to Switch probably, and yeah, I mean, the market for Switch is completely different from the market for Xbox and PlayStation. I mean, I don't want to spend a lot of time if people don't want to play. The Xbox currently is more of the live uh, gaming, and PlayStation is more of the serious single-player games. So this is more of a casual game that you can play and hopefully play for half an hour, play for an episode and leave it down and when you get time again, play another episode and see how it goes. So it's uh, something between the casual, like it's not as casual as a mobile game casual, but it's uh, casual enough to keep you entertained for a while. So you said about the uh, episode sort of structure. Uh, what what uh, made you think about uh, making your game episodic rather than just putting it all out at once? Well, that's another thing. When you are working full time and then you have to work, build a game development, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of people work really hard and they don't have as much time to play on it. So recently, I bought uh, Spider Man, which probably everyone has bought Spider Man, but. Uh, yeah, it's a massive, gigantic game. It's the same with God of War and any other game that I've bought recently. And I, I get, you know, I would want to play. If you really want to enjoy the game, you have to keep on playing it. But if it's uh, something like a TV series that you watch an episode and you go back whenever you get time, yeah. that's what I'm aiming for this game, that you pick up an episode, you play an episode, you don't miss anything, you don't have to plan your 30 hours around a game. And you play whenever you want, whenever you are comfortable. Yeah, that's great because, like, like people like myself are often quite busy. And when you come back, you like you just want to play. You want to finish it that bit in the night and feel satisfied and come back to it. And also, like like you said, it suits your your lifestyle as well. Sort of developing the game, you can put out a bit out as you go rather than have to just cram it all in at once. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that gives me a bit more cushion to, you know, release the later episodes while I'm still working on them. So you, I can still uh, release the early episodes and I can keep on working on the next episode, you know, and people can expect it to come out sooner, you know, while I do some testing. Yeah, so if people are interested in checking out the game, finding out more information, where can they look? Uh, currently, I still have to register a company, so it's on my personal website, which is zenolason.com slash uh, you can look it up, but as soon as I, uh, if I register anything uh, anytime soon, that might change or that might stay the same depending on how it goes. Oh, too easy, and thank you very much for joining me on the House of Mario today, Zane. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, did any of you guys get to play Brinko? I did have a quick. I did have a quick chance to play some Brinko and, and talk to Zane himself. Um, he's a really nice guy. I forget where he's down from, but. Um, but yeah, he's he's an international developer. Um, but Brinko, it's it's in early development, so it's not yeah. very far along. So the footage that like you probably got and that we got, I've actually seen the game. It's very early, but his ideal for the game and where he's going for it seems really interesting to me. Like I'm kind of excited to see where he can take it and if he can take those ideals somewhere because he's kind of going for this almost Disney Disney inspired inspired type of look and, and feel to the game. Um, but at the moment, yeah. he hasn't got any of that heart in there. He's just kind of got the platforming and 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 putting that type of stuff together. What do you guys think of it? I actually didn't get to play it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was yeah very, very uh, early on. It's his, it's his second job, and he's um, spent about four months time on it. So it's it's really early. He's still, he's still thinking of ideas. He's just like got the concept there. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. If you can pull these ideas together and pull the idea together at the end product, which is still about a year away, I think it could be something that's cool. But just at the moment, it's still just very much. Here's a tech demo of what the game is. And I think maybe he's bringing it to here a little bit early, but we'll see yeah. how it goes. He's only doing half an hour episodes at a time, and he's planning on releasing that one half an hour episode in the years from now. So yeah. at, at the end product might be fantastic. I suppose the benefit of bringing it to this show, whilst it's, uh, it's very early on and it's a rough environment to show an early on game, is he can hopefully take on board all of the feedback he's exactly. getting and yeah, make exactly. a more polished well, experience. Well, that's what you guys did with Space Beards at uh, Avcon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a much like smaller uh, yeah. idea because Avcon's a very small um, convention compared to this, but they, it, it is really invaluable just to see what crowds think of your game, basically. Yeah. Just giving out badges here. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> It's uh, it looks good, Back yeah. Lord, but Jesus. no, I, I pretty much agree with it. It's it's just way too early to be here. Yeah. But um, I hope people give it, it a chance next year because I'm sure yeah, it's gonna be back sure. next year. Yeah. I hope people give it a chance next year because then it might be in a better state. It's just, and I hope, I hope people don't go off their first impressions of it this year because like anyone's game at this early stage is gonna be like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, did any of you guys get to play Never Give Up by Supermassive? Oh, Massive Monster, sorry. Yeah, I got my ass kicked. Yep. Um, and I'm, and uh, you know, you've already heard that I'm a Celeste fan. So I'm all, yeah. one of those 2D you know, platforming games that just uh, you know, die and repeat the, the 2D Souls games. Yeah, so for anyone that um, hasn't seen this game, it it's, uh, takes a lot of inspiration from Super Meat Boy. And it's got like a few slide mechanics in that in the, as, well as, as well as the wall jumps and that. And yeah, absolutely kicked my up. There's one bit where the missile, I just couldn't get past the is, missile. Is it after the wall kick? Uh, it would have been, like, it's the bit, it's a bit where um, the spikes get covered up and you've got a wall jump up. Yeah, wall kick, missile, yeah. I didn't yeah. get past that either. Yeah, I couldn't Four get past that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of fun and, and the developers actually had a, uh, a button there but you could hit to give up. <laughs> just to make you feel better and I hit that straight away but you'll hear all about that in the interview we got with uh, Oh, it doesn't make you here, feel better James. though, it insults you. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a button that does nothing. <laughs> so enjoy the interview, guys.
So we're here with James from Massive Monster. How you going, dude? Yeah, doing well, man. Second day of packs. It's going to get busy, but it's going to be good. <laughs> uh, so I just played your game, uh, Never Give Up. Uh, tell us a bit about your game and uh, what it's all about. Yeah, so Never Give Up is uh, an, an iterative skill-based platformer. Um, and basically the game kind of wants you to make you give up. So you got you play the same level, but it gets harder and harder each time you beat it. So by the end, it's really difficult. But because you've kind of learned it through slow repetition, um, you kind of build up that muscle memory and you can play these really hard levels that you kind of slowly learn. Um, and yeah, the game's trying to make you give up. So there's this big shiny red button that you can press at any time to let you give up. And the game kind of taunts you and makes fun of you uh, if you if you can't manage to beat the levels. Um, yeah, and we've got like we've got story with cutscenes and voice acting for uh, by Aaron Hansen from um, Game Grumps, also known as Ego Raptor. Uh, yeah, and we're hopefully going to have a level editor as well, so people will be able to build their own levels, share levels, play community levels, race like the fastest ghosts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure you've heard this way too much, but I guess the the obvious draw would be Super Meat Boy, just yeah, just yeah. just in the way the gameplay is and. Uh, just the, the way you play it, sort of going back, trying again and again and again. And there, there was a bit, that, there was a bit where I was getting hit by the missiles, and um, I couldn't beat that bit before the <laughs> the time ran out on the, the demo. But that's yeah. no, a lot of fun. Just just for, for those of you guys out there who um, aren't aware who Massive Monster are, they're, they're the uh, makers of Adventure Powers. Um, so I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with that game on Switch and PC and other consoles. Um, so how long's uh, how long's uh, Never give up. <laughs> yeah. uh, been in development for. Uh, so, so we started developing. Uh, we started developing the game around the same time as we started Adventure Pals. Um, but we kind of we we're a very really small team. There's only three of us, so we've kind of been juggling the two projects, uh, sort of working on both at the same time. Um, now Adventure Pals is finished and released. We're kind of focusing on Never Never Give Up, and we're hopefully going to release it sometime early next year. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're really excited to get it out there. It's been been quite a lot of work, uh, but yeah, looking forward to to getting out there. People seem to be enjoying it at PAX. Um, it's kind of fun seeing how watching people get super angry and uh, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's all good fun. <laughs> uh, Are people actually getting angry at the booth? Like, just hit, you've got a button there that says "give up," so you can just hit the button. Yeah. And <laughs> just get the stress out. <laughs> we kind of got got like a proper physical red button uh, made, so you know you actually have a, the physical button you can slam down on. We haven't had anyone punch a TV or break anything just yet, but you know I took advantage of that button. Yeah. <laughs> We're only on the second day, so we'll see how how we look by the end of the weekend. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so what platforms is the game coming to? Uh, so it's going to be on Steam and potentially other platforms, but we haven't announced anything yet. Um, yeah. So Steam for sure, and we'll see what else. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your time, James. No, no thank you so much. Um, yeah, cool. Nice to speak to you. Thank you. Uh, next up, uh, Aurora of Worlds. Any of you guys get to play that? Not yet. No, actually, no. Yeah, so it's like a procedural generated. Like, I, I probably shouldn't compare it to this, but Dead Cells is oh, like, yeah, similar nice. to that. Um, I think like what, it, what he's got there is a... Really, uh, like it's a good, found, like great foundation. Yep. Where does the comparison come into it? As far as it is, it like it's a two D, it's a platformer, yep, yep, randomly yep. generated. Yep. Okay. Yes, all of that. Yeah. yeah. And melee combat or like ranged or what? Is, what is the uh, gameplay like? Uh, it depends on what weapon you have. Okay. I, so I I had a sword yep. because I'm like I know how to use a sword. Press yep. the button and you swing it. 
Because <laughs> you, you got to choose it at the start. Yeah. Um, I, I quite enjoyed it, but coming straight off Dead Cells, mm. you know, I, I think uh, it's, it's a hard it's a hard sell, if you know what I mean. It's like straight after the... Yeah, uh, yeah after something like that anyway. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, 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 um, I'm uh, curious to see where it goes and how it goes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the hardest things about making uh, games for the Switch or anywhere right now, but the Switch especially, is most ideas you can come up with have some sort of polished yep. version that's already there, so you really have to have some big difference. Yeah. And this is the problem, you can't predict the future, you just don't know you what's coming yeah. out, and you don't know if something with your idea, or something similar with your idea is going to come out then, which instantly makes yours look worse, and, and that's, yep. there's nothing worse than that, but you just can't control that environment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like uh, all these developers coming out of Metroidvanias, there are so many Excellent Metroidvanias, whether you're going back to Metroid Castlevania or just the, the slew of them <laughs> out on Switch. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's hard to do it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we'll jump to the interviews. Wahaa! Uh, hi, here with Anthony, uh, developer of uh, Aurora of Worlds. How you going, man? Good, thank you. I uh, just want to talk a little bit, bit about your game, Aurora of Worlds. Uh, it's like a road, roguelike. Uh, tell us a bit about your game. Cool. So our game, Aurora of Worlds, is a creative tactics roguelike platformer. We throw you into a procedural death labyrinth, you progress utilizing your wits, your reflexes, and twisting the world to your advantage. There's a heavy emphasis on improvisation. For example, hey, there's a lava in front of me, I need that chest. Uh, I don't want to burn myself to death, so I could potentially grapple a grass, I could slow down time and bounce off enemy heads, I could throw in a grenade, setting everything nearby on fire, I could just throw a boomerang to fetch the items safely. Anything that affects you will affect the enemies as well, so you can trick enemies to harm each other, you can manipulate traps against the environment to create shortcuts. Level things range from like pursuing toxic pollen to pasturage full of mines, canvas fish to bosses to take place towards the entire level. Yeah man, this has been quite a long term passion project, it's been uh, developed since 2013. Oh, right. wow, wow. Yeah. Was there anything that uh, sort of inspired you? Like, are you a big fan of roguelike games in general? This yeah. is why you want to play it? We Make love it. Uh, roguelikes. We love platformers. Played a lot of them. So, yeah. Splunky, Vaganti, Tower Climb, Dead Cells, 20XX, a number of others as well. From We like games like Turi and Dishonored that focus on giving you a least fair of options of dealing with multiple challenges. Like, you can deal with a lot of things non-lethally in this game. You can sneak past, and two of the bosses you can completely skip if you know how to. Yeah, it's awesome because, like, uh, I think Dead... Like, I've, I've never really gotten to roguelike games until Dead Cells. Now, like, I'm going back and trying a lot. And it's awesome to see developers like yourself, like, really, like, try new things with the genre. And especially in Australia, I love that uh, the Australian community is really coming together for that type of thing. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show, and I'll... Uh, I'll let you get back to work. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Have a wonderful PAX. Thank you. Uh, next up is, uh, yeah, Soundfall from Drastic Games. Talk to Julian there. So we'll jump to the interview straight away. Hey, guys. I'm here with Julian from Drastic Games. How are you going, dude? Hey, doing really well, thanks. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, we're here just checking out Soundfall. Uh, tell us a bit, little bit about your game. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Soundfall is a rhythm-driven dungeon crawler that's procedurally generated to music. So uh, we follow Melody, a young woman from our world who's mysteriously transported to this world, Symphonia, which is the personification of music. And uh, she has to overcome this ancient evil discord that's seeping back into the universe, um, save Symphonia, and find her way home, of course. Awesome. 
So sort of the, uh, the gameplay is fairly unique in, in the way that it's a dungeon crawler and also a rhythm game. Uh, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, all of your actions, you want to do them in time with the music. So uh, if you get them in time, they're way more powerful. They combo together more effectively. Uh, and so you can kind of, we, we sort of think of it like, um, like dancing to the music or expressing yourself to the music. Beatboxing is, a, is another good analogy. When I was playing, I was sort of like, you've got, you've got your dash, your sword, and your gun, and sort of you, you're using your gun as, um, like most of the time, a doom, 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 then you put in a couple of swords, then dash back, and it's really, it's really neat, sort of once you get in the headspace, and you've got the headphones on, and, you, and you're seeing like the pretty, the pretty graphics and everything, it's really awesome, man. Yeah, thanks, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the, and you mentioned the environments, the, the levels and stuff are all procedurally generated to the music as well. So. Oh, really? Yeah, so we grab we grab a whole bunch of different attributes from the music, like how much bass is there, what's the treble like, BPMs, uh, and then the game goes ahead and, and, and puts that all together and then creates a dungeon that it thinks will, will suit that music. With, with Symphonia being like the personification of music, we like the idea that each, each song is like a physical location. If you and I play the same song and, and you, know, you find this really cool weapon in, in one song... That, uh, that you can say, oh man, you got to go play this and, and grab this you know, sick loot. And then I have to go to that physical location, which is, which is of course, that song. That's awesome. Uh, are you a fan of like, rhythm games? Is that why you're involved with this sort of thing? Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm no good at rhythm games, but my co-founder, Nick, is, is, uh, is, is great. Tons of cool stuff. Um, I uh, got started. We, I, we left Epic Games to start, uh, start this company. We... We sort of threw around a couple of, of concepts, and I pitched pitched the idea to Nick of, of maybe doing a, a mobile version of Guitar Hero, and uh, and Nick didn't like that at all. But he really liked he really liked the rhythm game idea, and so we took that and, and kind of ran with it. And, and Soundfall sort of where we ended up. Yeah, because I'm a sucker for these type of rhythm games on um on handhelds. There's um it's been a, there's been a couple on Switch which have been a lot of fun, and uh, I really like the uh, Hatsu Miku games on the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The rhythm game space is really exploding, and it's it's exciting to see because because uh, uh, rhythm gamers are just such a, a, a passionate and I and I think up until recently they've been they've been really underserved. So we're excited to see that space ex- to grow and, and uh, grow and get what it deserves. Hey, mate, uh, so how long's the game been in development for? How long have you guys been working on it? Uh, roughly two years. We still expect another year, year and a half of, of development. So end of 2019 is the plan of action. Sorry to sorry to make you guys wait. <laughs> And uh, so, what platforms is it coming to? Totally, we'll be on uh, PC and all three major consoles: so Switch, PlayStation, and Xbox. Awesome, sounds fun. I, I actually cannot wait for it. Uh, playing it here, I got to level three. About midway through level three, I'm like, "All right, I need, I need some practice." <laughs> I guess I'll get t- plenty of practice once the game's in my hands. Julian, thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. You guys have a great time at PAX. Thank you. So, uh, did any of you guys get a chance to play this game? Yes, I got a chance to play yep. Soundfall. I think Soundfall was fantastic. Yep. The rhythm to this game and the actual feeling of pressing the button, they kind of got down. Um, I wish that we didn't have to play it in this PAX environment because even with headphones on, it's still hard to get your head in the game and your head yep. in the zone. 
Um, and it takes a while to pick up. I don't know if you guys ever played uh, Crypto the Necro Dancer. I, I have, yes. Oh, yeah, Fantastic yeah, yeah. game. Fantastic Brilliant. game. The first time you pick that up, you're not going to be fantastic at it. You get yeah. the idea, but you're not going to be great at it. And I feel like this is the same type of thing. Just one go at this game, and you're not going to get it. But I had a couple goes there, started to get better and better, and I kind of feel that by the end of this game, I'm really going to have those rhythms down, that beat down. I'm going to be loving it. So I definitely had a good time with it. The art style is something that really stood out to me, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they've just really captured this kind of, let's go with this kind of plain... That's a horrible way to explain it, but <laughs> it's, they've just gone with a very easy on the eye look and then added these splashes of color that just grab your attention. Yeah. Um, and they've done a really good job kind of blending that with the music. Fantastic yeah. use of uh, motion and uh, like beats oscillating whenever you're doing anything. I cannot play that game without beating my head. Yeah. Up and down. yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm just I'm there going like. <laughs> I'm curious, I haven't given it a go yet. Is it that you try to time your attacks with the beat? Yeah. Yes. So you've got like a bar at the bottom, which is like showing you like one, two, three, like whatever the beat is. Yeah. Same as crypt. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got your 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 gun, your sword, and a dash. So mm -hmm. you like you sort of he, he described it as a beatboxing. You sort of just chucking it together like doing doing like yeah mixing yeah. It around. And like once you sort of get a feel for it, um, it's really great. And it, and he was showing me as well. Like he's looking at it. And he's saying it's like. I've made this area too big. Like, it, like this yes. game's coming out end of next year, so he's still got. They've still got a while to go. Yeah. And he's looking at this area, saying, um, he's telling me, I've made this area too big. People are backing off from the turret, and they're backing off too far to the point where they're being shot, and they can't get back to actually shoot the turret. Yeah. Oh wow. And stuff like that. I'm like, well, that's really interesting. Like, so many. Uh, yeah. yeah. As, for that sort of like, Crypt of the Necro Dancer had the benefit of. Um, tile base so it's a yeah. lot easier to get the sizing right if you can see everything you can yeah. see everything up down left right yeah, yeah but that kind of uh, 2d full range uh, full 360 environment would be such a balancing challenge like i can see why he's g giving himself so much longer before the game comes out to try and get it perfect and these yeah. guys before this were from epic games so they kind of they yeah. know their way around and you can see them, they've really come into here with a plan. They've come in here and they're going, we're actually taking data from everyone who clicks a button in this game and seeing if they're before the beat, after the beat, and we're going to go take that back and we're going to take that research into it. So mm. I really think in a year from now we're going to get a great product out of this. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. Like you were saying before, Drew, you were nodding your head to the beat of yep. it. Same time I was like nodding my head to the beat, I was also hitting the buttons with the beat as well. Instead of like initially when I first started the demo, I was kind of just hacking and slashing whenever. Yeah. And yeah. then I felt like I actually got into a Same. rhythm like I would with a Guitar Hero game or yeah, yeah. some other uh, rhythm game. So that was yeah. really cool. Any of you guys like really into rhythm games? Like I like rhythm games. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. atrocious at them, but I very much <laughs> like them. Because yeah. I, I absolutely love rhythm games, especially on handhelds where I can like put my headphones on and just really get into it. Um, on, the, on the Vita, I really love the Hatsune Miku games and... Yep. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this uh, Drum Master game coming out on Switch. Hopefully, I'll get the drum and all that. That's like, fun as. Drum that Drum Master yeah. game is fun as, but yeah. I, like, I suck. I suck <laughs> at those. The, I can't get it down, I'm, and I'm always like, I can do that harder difficulty. I know I can. And then I get into it, and I'm just like, nah, I'm out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, just leave me to sing stuff. <laughs> we, it was actually at Avcom. We are playing the PS2 version of uh, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Drum Master game, and I'm like, shit, I need to get this. And found out it's coming to Switch. And yeah, yeah. Right. It's perfect, yeah. Yeah, fantastic idea to put that on Switch. Like, I mean, all of those, almost any experience works great yeah, on let's Switch. Let's face it, every experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bryce. So next up, we got the Storm Boy interview. So we'll chuck that in. So I'm here at Blowfish Studios, little stand, uh, talking to Sam about Storm Boy. How are you, Sam? Great. Great. So we just had a bit of a go of the 
working in progress Switch version that has four mini games. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Storm Boy? So Storm Boy is based on the 1960s novel by Colin Tealy. It's just a interactive retelling of that novel where it's more of a sort of hub and minigame sort of experience. Just chilled out, you'll run through hubs, learn bits of the story and play minigames as you go along. Cool. So this story really hits home for Drew and I because we're actually from the region that it's based in and, uh, you know, we heard it all the time growing up as kids. We travel past the Kurong a hell of a lot. Um, I think so far it's like a real accurate representation. Um, Just... Just so people know, what kind of uh, research did you do going into it just to make sure that you got the accuracy right? Yeah, so we ended up, we couldn't afford to fly out to South Australia. We had one guy on our team who is South Australian and he managed to, I guess, guide us in the right direction a little bit. As well as that, we did some Google Maps research. We hit up Street View and walked all along the beach that way. That was the closest we could get and tried to do that to nail the art style and nail the environment as best we could. And the art style is absolutely beautiful, even just swimming under the water and stuff like that. It just all pops out and it's all really nice and pleasing to the eyes. Um, it really, it really soothing, actually really soothing game. Uh, I can't wait to see it in full release and I know that Drew, Drew will pick it up as well. Um, what, do you have a general time frame of when you're thinking it's going to be hitting? Yeah, so it's going to be hitting Nintendo Switch on November 20th this year. So less than a month now. That's really awesome. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Cool. Thanks for having me. Sorry. How long have you been making the game for? How long has it been in development for? Uh, so we were approached in about February to start making the game, and it's probably had about six months actual game development time devoted to it. Cool. Very nice. Well, thank you for talking to us, Sam. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you later. And uh, so, Bryce, you're obviously really high. This is one of your highlights. So tell us a bit about that again. Okay, so Storm Boy, in its essential, is based off of the book, which is a story based in the Kurong about a little boy and his pelican. Yeah. Sounds weird when you say it like that. The pelican is called Mr. Percival. They had a tech demo for the game. Um, the, the boys aren't actually from the region, as you probably heard in the interview, but um, for, for someone who travels through the Kurong to get to Adelaide like all the time, it's, it's really brilliant, it's on point. I love the art style to it because it just makes it feel... It has that indie feel, but they it captured also, the coastline so well. It they did. did. It looks like the coastline. Like, it does. I put it out to Bryce. I'm like, that, that power pole looks exactly the same. Like, like, an, old, like yeah. an old power pole. Yeah, yeah no like. joke. Um, they had a diving minigame, uh, a game where you could draw in the sand, one where you slide down a sand hill on cardboard. Uh, there was another one as well. We've got to go in with the expectations oh. here, though. Sorry, go, Bryce. You're right. Uh, throwing a ball to throwing a ball to Mr. Personal. There you go. Yeah, that was <laughs> but yeah. you got to go in here with the expectations, and I feel like just people should know that this isn't like the mini games. They don't have an objective to finish. They're just mini games to have fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It's it's not a game. It, adults can play it, but it's not aimed at adults. It's aimed for children. It's aimed to tell yeah. a story, an interesting story that I think like a lot of us learned in school because being Australian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just been a long time. It's been primary school for, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say, I didn't recognise the name as that story, but as soon as you've brought it up, like yeah. it's brought back what that is. And I think it will definitely resonate with Australian culture and hopefully with more than that yeah. as well. Because like, in, in when, we when we talk to a... When we talked to Sam, he he actually said um, Sony's picked up the rights for a movie, so and it's going to be like lined up with 
That's movie, fantastic, yeah. yeah. Have yeah. they not have they not, not already done a Storm Boy movie though? Yeah, they they have, has, that's yeah. the older yeah. That's the late eighties, mid nineties one. I yeah, think. yeah that's then. the last yeah. bit of Storm Boy media I consume. Yeah, because I always see that DVD cover at work. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is still a fantastic movie. What about the ending? Are we are we worried about that yet? You remember what the ending is? I no. yeah, I can oh, vaguely. I, I had to ask the I had to ask the dev what was the points in the story because it's been. 10 plus years. Okay, it's yeah. Been I, a long time ago. I yeah. rewatched a bit of it for like just before, before I did the painting for the interview and I thought I'll, I'll rewatch it to kind of refresh Jesus, my memory. You're, you're prepared, I appreciate it. I went one way, <laughs> too, way <laughs> too far. Way too far. Watch it, Stormboard. <laughs> but yeah, the, e- the ending is just, is, let's just put it as tragic and um, yeah, yeah. Let, leave it at that. I don't want to spoil what the ending know, is. Yeah. Remember what it was, yeah. 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 It still looks good though. Like one that, once they actually have the story attached to it and you're going through it and all that stuff, that'd be really nice. It, it it reminds me of almost being like uh, like some of the newer versions of walking sims. You kind of go from mini game to mini game in those where they teach you a story, and it's that sort of idea where it's not quite like some people will argue it's hardly a game because it doesn't have much in it. But it's not about that. It's about showing you this story in an interesting and visual way. And that's yeah. what's prob- like it's unfortunate, but that might be what happens with the reviews. You know, if if this gets in the hands of like some of the bigger reviewers out there. They're just going to look at it. Hopefully, they're professional enough to look at it in a different light. But mm. they might just look at it and go, "This didn't have enough." As it's called, it game in the yeah, game. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I said, it comes down to price. Yeah. yeah. If they want ten bucks, um, yeah, fine. Exactly. If they want twenty, or we're pushing it. If they want thirty, it's like it's a no sale. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And we don't know how much of that's up to them either. Just like yeah, it exactly. Might be up yeah. To the publisher, so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it'll, it'll be the publisher. It'll be the rights holder. Or like, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, next up we talk to Lindsay from Giant Margarita. Played Party Crashes. Yes. Enjoy the interview. I got it! Yep. So I'm here with Lindsay from Party Crashes. How are you going, dude? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Yep. Uh, so we just had to go at Party Crashes. Had a lot of time with it. Uh, Bryce was pretty good at it. I was... Thank you. Okay, some modes. Yeah, right. some modes. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so tell us a bit about your game and what it's all about. So the idea of the game is that it's a last car standing uh, battle royale of vehicular combat try saying that three times fast uh, so everyone's racing on the same screen and if you fall too far behind you die just like in speedrunners and that sort of thing if you fall off the side of the track then you'll die as well and we have a heap of different weapons like rockets and uh, sniper rifles and stuff like that that you can use to damage each other as well so you can basically find a lot of different ways to kill each other yep. you're showing us the customization how there's over 800 varieties of options you can choose from. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so as you just said uh, expertly that there are 800 different options, but there's uh, 50 different modes as well. So 800 options is a little bit daunting for a lot of people, but some people really love that. What we've done for the people who find that daunting though is just these 50 modes that we've already predefined that we know are fun. So those range from the default mode that's based upon the PS3 game called Wrecked, uh, but also we've got Mario Kart style game in there. We've got an Indy 500. We've got uh, Super Sprint. We've got uh, heaps of different ways to play, like the bus that couldn't slow down. That's one of my favourites, where you're a bus, and if you uh, go below a certain speed, you'll explode. And we've made sure that there's uh, ramps as well, uh, just like in that movie that I'm not allowed to mention. Yeah, that's where they got the idea from. Was party crashes? That's wasn't right. It? Yeah. We did it first, yeah. and we did battle royale first before PUBG did. Just putting it out there. <laughs> uh. I actually think it's really endearing that you have so many customization options because it's really down to the fine tune of each individual battle, right. and I think that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, the reason we've done that in our local multiplayer games, because we've done that in golf and in our new game, uh, Party Poppers, is that every group of people at a party is different. And so we want people to be able to handicap players. We want people to be able to choose their own house rules, is what we say. 
And so we've made some nice, easy decisions that we think are right, but we want you guys to disagree with us and say, okay, we hate that, we hate the way that the scoring works, change it. We've given you the option to do that without needing to know how to program or do modding. And of course, you can't mod on things like the Switch. So we've given you all those 800 options in a pretty easy to use menu to be able to do that yourself. Yeah, just like like we're doing the normal racing, then you change it so when you touch touch the edge of the track, you die straight away. You know, little changes like that just change the whole game, and it just really makes it that much replayable. And if you can, pl- you can instead of maybe having friends over and getting sick sick of it after an hour, you can play it all night. Just keep changing it up. There's basically infinite depth in that respect. Uh, when you consider the number of combinations, I actually tried to calculate it, and my computer did break because the number is uh, there's like more than a thousand digits in the number of permutations that you could play in this uh, not all, all of those work of course but in party golf it was a trillion 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 in this one it's even more like I said my computer broke trying to work it out um, yeah so if people want to want to uh, look where they can pick up this game or where they can get more information to check it out where can they go yep uh, so you can follow us on discord on discord.gg slash giant margarita but we also have a twitter which is just giant margarita uh, if you want to try and find us on the Switch store, depending on when this podcast goes out, uh, we might not be on the store because our rating got changed from G to PG uh, because of our company name, Giant Margarita, being an alcohol reference. But we'll be back on the store in a few days. You'll be able to see us there for uh, $15 US. I hope it doesn't take too long because a lot of you guys, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, especially for the Switch audience where you can put the game down or put the console down and get the Joy-Cons off. It's perfect for that. Only uses what two buttons and the like yeah, the uh, yeah stick, yeah. and it works in single player as well. There's time trials, and our AI is very competitive. So you know, there's a lot of single player experiences on the Switch as well. You can sit on the bus and you know play our tracks over and over and over. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, and enjoy the rest of your packs. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, this was one of our favourite games of the show. It's been out for a few months like already but this is the first time we got to actually sit down and play it yeah. and like we said it's a fantastic party game which uh, I think will stand up next to Smash Brothers and what, whatever else you've got on your Switch to play when you, people come over for some drinks muck around yeah, so, yeah. so what's the elevator pitch of this game what sort of party game is it well it's, it's a car game like a cart game yep, yep. but it's elimination based okay so one, one last person standing wins yep. everybody gets a score based on that but there's also a shit ton of options to change how that works. Right. You can change like the options, perspective. You can make it like from the back, like an all perspective. You can make it bird's eye view. Yep. They've got over 800 customized uh, like options. options. Yeah. 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 It's huge. Yeah. Uh, so it's really going for that. Uh, whilst it's one base game, you can change it so much that it's. You make it your own. Yeah. yeah. The way the way he describes it in the interview is that. Um, it's a game where you can make your own house rules. Yeah, yeah. So everybody will have their own different house rules for party crashes. Yeah. And it's that's like the best way you could possibly, you know, put it in. Because you think about stuff like Smash Bros or whatever, when you were kids, you were like, oh, I only use Pokeballs as items. That's all I use. Or <laughs> Yeah, you know. and, and for the longest time, like, Smash has slowly been getting better at being that sandbox where you can really customise it. But it's definitely... You've always felt like there was just that one thing missing that you could really use from it. Exactly. So, yeah. But yeah. it doesn't. It feels like nothing's missing in Party Crash. Yeah. Like your walls can be deadly. You could have no walls. You could have walls. You could have walls that act like portal. Mm. Like that's that's just one thing out of the lot. There's <laughs> That'd like be crazy. Having there's portal eight. Walls. <laughs> yeah, just, 
you know. <laughs> um, you can have based on lives, how many lives somebody gets before they're eliminated, you know, or time. Or like, it's really hard to sum up how many actual customizations yeah. there is yeah. here. Yeah, because you hear a number, it doesn't mean much. Exactly, but, but it's just, they create party games, this team, Drive My Career, they just create party games that it's just, you'll be able to play all night because you're going to be playing something different all night. It's not the type of thing where you're going to go in, not like Smash Brothers is this game that has a lot of customization, but um, it's still not a game that you're going to go in and just go, all right, we're just going to play around with the items all night and just do that. This year, you're going to be changing everything you do all night. It's just, it feels like you're playing a different game depending on how customization, you, like you, yeah. what you customize. I, I really hope they have a good randomize button. Just where you can just start it up every time with really Ooh. weird and confusing actually, rules. What they do for <laughs> you, do. yeah. What they actually can do for you in, in both games is they have modes that they've made up themselves and say like fifty of them. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. We've hand selected all the options for you to make some really fun modes, and so you don't have to do it. You don't have yeah. to think about I'm going to go through these eight hundred options and what am I going to do? Yeah. They've just done it for you, which is like, you know, that's enough to get you a whole night worth of play. Let alone you've got lots of play in the future as well. Now, yeah. Yeah. As you've heard in the interview, you could play this right now, but there is an issue and it's not on the store at the moment. So hopefully <laughs> by the time you're listening to this interview, uh, well, this whole podcast rather, uh, it'll be back up on the store. But do you guys know about what happened? Uh, yeah, so um, I was speaking to Lindsay the other day. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to see Party Crashes last year. It was actually one yeah. of the few games that I got to play. It was actually my game of the show last year. Yep. Yep. Um, he's explaining to me that it was going to come to Steam and eventually console. And I don't know who it was I ran into before, earlier on. I think it was maybe Paul James or someone else. Yep. I can't remember. And it's like, oh yeah, Party Crash is like, I got a code for it uh, on Switch. Oh, it's Joel. And then they're yep. here. It's like, oh my God, this game is out October 5th. I usually check the PSN store every Tuesday to make sure I'm up to date with the stuff. Um, so I went over to Lindsay and I said, hey, what? I didn't know your game was here. Well, didn't know it was out, and I was speaking about curation on the PS Store and also Nintendo Switch, and then explained to me um, kind of what happened with the, the rating and why it got changed from a G to a PG. Yeah, and it's because early. their team name is Giant Margarita, and they have a margarita logo, the logo. in, the, in <laughs> right. the opening screen. Yeah, yeah. That, that does make sense. That would not be G. That, does, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Well, That's Australian <laughs> ratings. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it makes sense in our very backwards rating system so, that I somewhat understand. So the kids are enjoying the game. They see a big margarita, so they go out to the pub and they get smashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> clear cut. It's uh, you oh, know yeah. video video games cause violence yeah. and uh, you know alcoholism. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> I know Bryce is a very violent man, aren't you, Bryce? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Bryce, put down the beer. <laughs> margarita, you mean? Margarita. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're the uh, you're, you're the teddy bear of the group. It's all right. I'm the vicious one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, today we talked to um, uh, about projection, didn't we? That was good fun. Yeah, to another, develop to another developer. With Yosha. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember the Yosha. name off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. So did any of you guys enjoy uh, projection? Yeah, I played a little bit of it. I think yeah. it's, uh, I love the idea behind it and the way it actually works. There's like shining light uh, to cast shadows and the, the shadows are your platforms, basically, that you can yeah. find your way around. And what makes it really interesting is that he's played around with the way the light works. So the closer the light is to the platform, the further it'll reach out. And obviously, yeah. when you draw it away, it'll make a smaller kind of light pass. And he's got other effects, like he's got his own lanterns and stuff hanging in the games. They're going to try to obscure what you do. Yeah, and so yeah. it's just a, basically a puzzle platformer. Um, and I think it's just something that I haven't seen before, and that's what made yeah. it interesting to me. Yeah. And yeah. plus, aesthetically, like he's going for these the shadow puppetry look. 
and he's going, he's like, he's done his research. He's gone to a lot of different yeah. cultures yeah. and implanted them in the game. So, I mean, that's one thing that I'm kind of looking forward to to see where, where these cultures go with it. Yeah, yeah. So I, fi I finished the demo prior to interviewing, um, and it was really good. I think there's a little bit of uh, bugs to work out there, and I think there was one area where uh, it was just a small cor corridor, and there was a sort of section up on the top with two bases and they were holding some platforms down. It was your job to sort of find a way to make your shadow raise up that pot so the switch would come up. Yep. Yep. That was really buggy. <laughs> like, awesome. I found it really hard to do that. So they gotta, they've got to insert something there that, like... Because you had the answer, but you couldn't make it work. No, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, yeah. and that is one of the most frustrating things about puzzles. You never want the user to feel like they know the answer and can't do it. You want them to feel like they're trying to figure out the answer. Yeah. And if yeah. that's either a bug or bad, like telegraphing what they're meant to do. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. if you have the answer and you try to do it and it doesn't work, you think that answer is not the right answer and you, yeah. go, you move on. Exactly. Yeah. And if it turns out it was the right answer, it just wasn't working, then that's... Yeah. yeah, that's how you get frustrated players. Was it was it that, that was the wrong answer to the puzzle, or was it that the physics weren't were messing around? No, the you? physics were messing around. Okay, yeah. I, want, I wonder if that's got something to do with the fact that he actually started the game on Game Maker, and now he's poured, he's poured the whole project over to Unity, and I think yep. he's still getting used to the engine. It's yeah. possible, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I, I played this game here last year, and it looks great here the, last year. And PAX was really pushing it last year. It was one of the main games here. Yeah, yep. and uh, this year it looks it looks like. He's had a year of progress, obviously. He looks a lot more yeah. polished, a lot more moved on. He's got a, a, a full area finished, like what was in the demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, for sure, like, despite despite that, it is a really cool game in its own right. Yeah. Uh, the demo ended in England, and there was a bunch of goblins, and then a goblin queen. I was just like, oh, I'm interested to see where this goes, because it just reminded me of Limbo in that respective. Yeah. And, you know, Limbo was a massive game back in its day uh, with the spider. Gave up that oh, that spider was awful. <laughs> I'm pulling all the legs off of it, you know. Just oh. <laughs> or like w w when you're trying to work out how to sort of get past it and it just like stabs you in the head. Yeah, yeah all the way through. Yeah, that, that whole game was just full of stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had my spider experience today, went and played uh, Ashen and my friend who works on it was like, just go into this cave and it's just like giant spiders. I'm like... I'm good. <laughs> Don't play this game anymore. <laughs> I thought you were my friend. <laughs> Betrayal. Yeah, so that's all the indie games we had interviews for. Um, were there any other indie games, whether they're not on Switch or not, that you want to bring up, talk about? Uh, I saw that driving one that I can't remember. Dead Static's Drive? Dead Static Drive. Yep. I thought it was a very fascinating aesthetic yep. and a really interesting-looking game. Um, I, I just think it could be one of those great... It's not quite a roguelite it's more just a randomly generated story yeah. and yeah. I think it could be great randomly generated story yeah so it's not completely random like Dead Cells or something but they use a lot of like every time you go into a building that building will follow some rules but it will be like random where things are but yeah. everything there's still a set story oh awesome um, yeah and I think that could be utterly fascinating um that was probably one of the more interesting things I saw. What about everyone else? Did you guys check out Necro Barista at all? I was about to say I missed Necro Barista. We actually did get an interview. <laughs> so we'll chuck that in now. Hey guys, we're here with Kevin, lead developer on ne Necro Barista. How are you going, dude? Good, thanks. Uh, just tell us, a little bit about, uh, tell us a little bit about your game and what it's all about. So Necro Barista, it's a visual novel set in a magical Melbourne cafe where the dead come back for 24 hours and a final cup of coffee. 
It's, def- it's definitely one of those games when you read the description and you look at the art, it's like, it definitely stands out. Thank you. <laughs> uh, among everything here, it's definitely one of the most visually pleasing and definitely unique stories, especially since it's uh, based in Melbourne. Like, it's, it's, it's nice to have a, it's always nice to see Australia, the Australian scene and games based in Australia. But there aren't uh, many cafes like this. So what? <laughs> what sort I of? Hope not. <laughs> what? What sort of inspired this sort of take on the uh, like Australian cafe? So, as you you know touched on, uh, there really aren't any games off the, off the top of my head that are set in modern day Australia. Like, not that you know Crocodile Dundee stereotyped Australia, but like just a realistic take on what Australia is like. And so we want to make a game that was. Uh, the badge is right behind it. Um, a game that was set with what we knew, you know, as writers often say, write what you know. And being a visual novel, we wanted to make it very realistic and feel like um, something that was close to our hearts. Yep. And so, um, um, yeah, I guess that's that's the real inspiration behind Acrobristo. So, like, uh, yes, it's got, like, a really unique feel. Like, I don't think I've played anything like it. Is it, it's obviously, does it have, like, anime inspiration and stuff like that? Yeah. So, like, we've never never seen, uh, like, the the Australian scene represented in an anime. anime, So, yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Melbourne anime, that's Necrobarista. I guess kind of growing up in a multicultural background, I grew up watching a bunch of anime, um, but also like living in Brisbane because that's that's where my family used to live. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought like it's just a really interesting cross section that uh, when people talk about something that hasn't really been done before, you often think about mechanics or games like that. But I think in terms of like narrative, there's a lot of narrative like stories that just haven't really been told yeah, before, sure, yeah, yeah. and this is I think one of them. Um, and we really want to, I guess make an anime style game that didn't just pander to existing uh, niches or existing tropes and something that was I guess very uh, you know, f- for everyone it's not just another schoolgirl anime yeah or, exactly yeah. exactly. I didn't want to say that but like you know what I mean like I want something that anyone can look at like that's cool you know and stand on its two feet as like just something that's high quality so how long has it been in development for how long have you guys been working on it so we've been working on it for close to four years now. Yep. Um, game, we're hoping to have it come out early next year. So that's 2019, um, probably before June. Um, and that'll be on Steam for PC and Mac, and eventually we'll be porting it to Nintendo Switch and the PS4. That's awesome. Um, yeah, is, is this your like, full-time job, or is this like your, a bit of a side hustle? or? This is um, my full-time job. Our team consists of four core members who work on the game full-time and around, um, I think, five contractors. All right. Um, where, where can the listeners go and find uh, more information if, the, if, they, uh, if they're interested? So you can check us out on our website, which is just necrobarista.com. You can also follow us at our Twitter account, at Route59Games. All right. Thank you very much, Kevin, for your time. Thank you. Mamma mia! And I thought this was a fantastic looking game. It's like it's based in an Australian cafe, but it's basically the, the, the dead come back to this cafe. 
Right. And it's got it's point, sort of point-click adventure type gameplay. It looks really fascinating. This is one of the games that really stood out to me when I was looking through the, the list of games here at PAX. Yeah. It's coming to pretty. It's coming to PC, Mac, uh, Switch. Not sure about Xbox and PlayStation. I can't remember that off by hand. But we're all Switch people here, aren't we? No, we're not. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy, gets out, car. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Dan, have you guys got to play it as well? Yeah, I've got to play it. I thought it was uh, yep. really unique looking. It's, they've gone for that kind of anime look to the game, yeah. um, which is good. Yeah, which is good. I, I don't watch a lot of anime myself, but like this seems to be something that I would get into just because like I do like anime. I just never get the chance to sit down and just consume something like that. Yeah. If I'm playing a game at the same time and I have an excuse to do it for the Switch, yep. then I think this is something that I could get into and just enjoy the story because like you said, the story there, that seems kind of cool and unique and it's like based in like they're kind of basing it around Melbourne and like the accents and the, and the way some of them actually speak. It, it feels like it's yeah. part of Melbourne. There, there, there was a part there where like it's, it, with, with its art style, they're saying, "Yeah, good aim, mate." I'm like this, this is this is clashing in a wonderful way. <laughs> did you did you get a chance to play it, Bryce? I did not. Okay, no, unfortunately. Yeah, I know, I know, I knew, I knew it was on our list of uh, things to go to, but. Yeah, unfortunately, it's one of those things. I, I couldn't even tell you where it is on the show floor. And I there think are so many indie games here. I think there's exactly. nearly 80. I know. Yeah, and that's half the lot. reason I didn't get to it, because yeah. I couldn't find it. So, yeah. yeah. But, I don't know, maybe if I've got some spare time today, I'll run over well, there. Well, you got one. probably two hours <laughs> after this. <laughs> oh, we still got stuff to do yet. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys still got stuff to do after this? Uh, uh, not not podcast not wise. Podcast okay, wise. Just, okay. Oh, yeah, just I say uh, me like I've got a, a free couple of hours here, so I'm going over to the indie section and I am just slashing up those indies trying to find something too, that I can play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Things yeah. I recommend: uh, Hunt and Seek. Yeah. If you haven't played that, uh, also Scouts Honor, of course, yep. which is my game of the show. I keep blabbing on about it all the time. Yep. Um, and I think you guys have played the other ones that I talk, talk, yeah. we talked about more Soundfall and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Hunt and Seek was really cool. It's kind of a three v one. Uh, top-down evolve-like thing where your characters are oh. invisible and uh, if you don't move your character, they light up oh. so you can be found so you can't camp and then you press a button to light up and know where your character is but that reveals your position for the hunter that's finding you Interesting. and each of your three characters has a special ability like a portal to escape or turn into an inanimate object or something to kind of blend and it's basically hide-and-seek yeah. Uh, for the two minutes or whatever it was. And that was right. a lot of fun. That sounds so fascinating. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't get to yeah. see that one. Especially yeah. if you know, there's a group of four or something to get over there. Yeah, yeah. Recommend what what that platforms one. are that coming to? Uh, I think from memory it was just uh, Steam or Steam. PC at the moment. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I, I think I asked you about PlayStation and then I just can't remember. It was yesterday. It's so hard to know that. what um, platforms a lot of these games are coming to. Unless they're like they're bigger publishers and yeah. like they line them all up. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you can't tell. Well, one yeah. of the hard things being a very small indie is a lot of the time, if you want to put your game on Switch, you can't start that conversation until it's nearly out already. Yeah. You need something to really prove your worth. It's, it's like Z yeah. Zane, who was doing Brinker, he was explaining how Nintendo is so much easier than the rest to mm. um, get on, whereas some other developers hate Nintendo, <laughs> but they're so hard to work with. So, Yeah, it's, it's there's, a, there's a lot of things with... Yeah, it's, it's really like... I feel like everyone has such a personal struggle no matter where they try to take their game, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a game I recommend checking out if you get time is called Tech Hunter. It's kind of a... Uh, uh, it, it's like the Zelda shrines, those little contained puzzles. Oh, okay. it, yep. It's kind of a game like that with a sci-fi aesthetic where you go between these little, little temples 
solve a puzzle, collect some treasure, and it's just that. It's kind of more like a relaxing, no neat. combat. Yeah. yeah, the type of thing that you put in and be like, I'm just going to go do a couple of these Yeah, today. that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just talk about like what type of time that we live in now that we almost have a way to describe every game? Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> temples or it's just like, just <laughs> pulling bits out of a game, we always have a way to explain yeah. something. I, d I do feel bad going to these devs and being like, you see their game and you're oh, like, yeah. oh, reminds me of Reminds this. me of yeah. Meat Boy. Reminds me of Dead Cells. Like, it you feel bad. You feel like you're offended. You feel bad because yeah. they want to be unique. They want yeah. something exactly. different and they want to stand out. And so yeah. it's so hard to do that. Yeah. It, it can be such a struggle as a dev as well. If you're like, say your game started as a spiritual successor to Meat Boy. Yeah. And it's obviously changed a fair bit. But you, in your mind, still think of it as like, I was inspired by Meat Boy. But... Do you want to say that? You because don't want to be compared be, to it. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's a really fine line to balance. It does give a fantastic picture of what like, it does. That game it really, is like. Especially for a podcast, it's like you, it's hard to describe what a game is. But if you say it's like the Zelda shrines, but a bit sci-fi yeah. and relaxing, it's like you yeah. you get yeah. that. You start getting. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. funny. The girl next to me that was um, playing Hunt and Seek with us. Uh, you know, and initially when I was like, oh, it's 3v1, in my mind I said, oh, I think this is, oh, that's kind of like Evolve's premise. Mm. And then I'm like, I'm not going to say that. And then the girl was like, oh, this is like Evolve. I'm like, no, no, quiet down. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't <laughs> talk about Evolve. <laughs> don't talk about Evolve. <laughs> yeah, especially like something like Evolve, but wasn't successful. It, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's nothing like Evolve. I, I have found that a lot of the indie devs are like, this is very Super Smash Brothers-esque. They like saying that. Yeah. <laughs> that is that yeah. is a rough comparison to me, honestly. Yeah. It's a uh, game where you've got four players, you bounce around and you hit each other. Good, good <laughs> on them if they can successfully make that, but I would be terrified to compare my game to Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. especially now with this one coming out. Yeah. Like, it's just like polished and huge. And yeah. 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 Any fighting game, God, like that. Uh, I don't know how they're going to compete with it these days, you know. It's just... They've, so much has gone into this game. It has such a big roster. There's so much going on that well, anyone's going to struggle. Well, well it, 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 any publisher will struggle to mm. like, go against it. Like Sony with PlayStation All-Stars five years ago. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's they like, didn't hold a candle to it. And that's the thing. It was a good game for so many reasons, but just a few faults just made it like tank. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure it sold well. But La still. Last year, there was a, um, a student area where the yeah. university showing off their games. And one... one Group was like this is uh, this is a uh, based on Super Smash Brothers. We love Super Smash. This is our game. And I was playing it and it was like so clunky. I don't know how long it was in development for. Yeah. Obvi obviously, you know, four people compared to freaking Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. I'm not yeah. comparing necessarily, but but that's the thing with yeah. those with those comparisons to Smash Bros. You get stuff like Rivals of Aether, which mm. it did really well. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, at, at least they targeted a niche, though. They wanted to be like that's melee. It. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, all right, well, they, they at least targeted a little bit more of a niche than just a brawler. Yeah. But then but then you get games like Brawl Out. Yeah, Brawl Out. Rest in peace. Brawl Out's a bit ordinary. Any of you guys get to play Brawl Out? Ordinary is... Nah. Yeah, that's... No, I, unfortunately, I'd heard that it was ordinary, and I have very little time for video games. It's so not bad. It's just ordinary. Yeah, and that, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I have time for ordinary games. A lot of the time, I miss good games. Don't yeah. think yeah. I have time for Red Dead, and it's like... One of the yeah. like a pinnacle of this year. That's what that's just where it's gotten to. You know, when yeah. when the Switch first started, that the the, the smaller indie devs were rather lucky. Some of the smaller ones because there wasn't that fierce competition out there. Yes. Releasing now, there is so much kind of coming to it, and there's so much already on it that yes. some of these games that succeeded back then wouldn't even be able to do that now. They no. wouldn't have and that same audience. This week there's only ten. Yeah. Next week there's twenty out. Next yeah. week there's thirty out on the Tuesday. So yeah. and I love the Switch Store, but. 
if you're not doing well, you do get buried rather quickly in yeah, the Switch it, store. I don't love that Switch store. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, <laughs> I love the games that are on there, but the yeah. store itself, is it, it needs some sort of features. It needs more going on there. They're That's trying. They've got, like, the yeah. featured section, but it's still, like... Featured Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't feature you don't your own need game. need to feature that. Yeah. Yeah. Even the Wii U store was actually pretty decent, just the way it was laid out. It wasn't too bad. It yeah. wasn't too bad. I just wish yeah. I had something like that again for the Switch, because at the moment, it's too hard to discover mm. anything. Yeah. You can only really discover popular stuff, which is nice to an extent. Like, they have that popular Indies tab, which is nice, but... Yeah. I just make sure if something comes out which I'm interested in, put it in my wish list. Yeah, me too. So it doesn't get buried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah, I can't say I remember the Wii U store. I blocked the Wii U <laughs> out of my mind. Uh, good boy. The, the what? The, I can't hear you when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> What's <the> boom? <laughs> uh, so we've got 10 minutes left, guys, and I think uh, we'll do a, a 20 questions based on a Super Smash Brothers character. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. So the Super Smash Brothers characters from Smash Ultimate. So all of them. And I've got a thing in one of my head, to be honest. I probably should have prepared this. Yeah, can I see the wall from here? I need to you be able to... You can see the wall from here. Is it one of the characters we can see on the wall right now? Wait, it's going to be one that Drew can see. So, we <laughs> so I've got to make it one you can't see on the wall. Anything um, over there. Is <laughs> so one you can't see on the wall. Um, so while we fill some dead air, who, who's our main it. in Smash? You got it? I've got it. Okay. You, you go on. You go no, on. No, no, no. It's good. I'm, I'm oh, done filling dead air. Fantastic. So 20 questions. What Super Smash Brothers character am I right now? Whoops. Start from Buddy. Start from Buddy. All right. Uh... Are you in a Mario franchise game? No. What is your primary color? It's yes or no question. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. yes. Are yes. you a male character? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay, that, that would have <laughs> Yeah, that, that would have right then. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> does, does your character feature green? Is it no. a lot of green? Okay, okay. That now is a lot of it, actually. Is your character from Fire Emblem? No. Is your character covered in some sort of fur and or hair? She has hair. Okay. So okay. no. Okay. Yeah. Wait, can, can we just round up what we have again? I've already forgotten. So we so know she's no green. female. Female, no female, not anthropomorphic. So not in human. Fire Emblem. Not in Mario. Yep. Got to be like three left, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is she in a Zelda game? No. Fran franchise, sorry. No. Is she from Metroid? Yes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. It's Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> Ridley's a girl now. Wait, wait so could it be Dark Samus or Samus? Or? Yeah, so you got yeah. three. So Dark you, Samus, you, Samus, or Zero. You've got to whittle it down you, if you can't yeah. guess straight yeah, away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is she wearing power armor? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay um, I wonder which one it could be. Is she wearing a blue latex suit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she is. Alright, All right, so that would make it Donkey Kong, So we've got, right? <laughs> <laughs> got nine questions so far. Alright, all Take right. it home, Eric. <laughs> Is it... Can I say Donkey Kong? No. <laughs> Zero Suit Summers. Woo! Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Wow. <laughs> what do I win? <laughs> Our hearts. A pat on the back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here's, a, here's a badge. There you go. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so I was kind of uh, curious to the answer to your question. Who does everyone main in Smash? Link. Oh. Uh... Wii U has been Mario for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't really play much of Pikachu. Mm. Uh, it's a hard question for me lately, but um, <laughs> it's always been Zero Suit Samus, or at the moment I'm also playing a lot of uh, Roy. Oh, yeah. Mine was Snake back in Brawl, but in Wii U it actually kind of became Captain Falcon. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I don't hear many Captain Falcons. 
No, yeah. because yeah, he's not cool. good. <laughs> but he is fun. You have to go to Ganondorf now. He's got a big sword. Yeah, I'm sure. excited to hit people with a big sword. Yeah, yeah. it's good. I don't want to hear about Ganondorf's big sword, mate. All right. Buddy, <laughs> <laughs> pick one. I uh, went Link uh, or Ness, and that's from the Nintendo 64 oh, era. Nice. Yeah, Ness right. was really hard to use. Was it the well, last one you played, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> so, yeah, very yeah. keen for the new one. Yeah, no, it's going to be really good. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, let's make a pack now. We're all going to play online together when it comes out. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully right. the online... I mean, it worked on Wii U, right? It worked. Yeah, yeah. it worked. Yeah. It worked. It was all right. I, I'd, I'd even been playing it recently on that. Okay. I don't expect so. it to be any better on Switch, even though we're paying for it either, but here we are. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it'll be all right. All right, anything else you guys like to say before we end the sh- wrap up the show? Uh, Pax was fantastic, and thank you to Audio Technica. Yeah, very yeah, big yeah. thanks to Audio Technica for, for uh, allowing us to record here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I'd say that if you're from Australia and you have the means to, Pax is a great time, even just yeah. coming for one day to explore the indies, or if you love tabletop games, it's the best place to try them out. Like, come give it a go if you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all about community here, meeting absolutely. people. Meeting maybe your favourite YouTuber, your podcasting friends, Twitch just, streamers. Not just that, yeah. you're going to speak like, you just get to find out the latest yeah. hardware, the latest games. You get to experience yeah. that all firsthand, and it's, yep. it's yep. just an experience you don't get anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Except for everywhere else in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say, Bryce Drew, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, cheers, guys. My closing word is Celeste Game of the Year. <laughs> very oh, nice. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Good one to leave off on. All right. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 69. We're uh, a nice. podcast, a part of the 8-Bit Collective. You can join us on Discord, Twitter, Facebook. Well, no, Instagram. We don't have Instagram. We don't worry about Instagram. No, no. We're a podcast. We don't do visuals. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't look at us anyway. <laughs> uh, where can they find your work? Uh, you can find me at Nintendo Numbers on Twitter. That'll do. you find everything I do there. Yep. Cool. Find me at <laughs> IVRevan on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I'm Zaynor on Twitter, X-A-U-N-A-U-G-H-T, because no one can ever it's spell it. It's a very easy uh, tw- Twitter handle just to chuck out there. Yeah, it really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Twitter, or at BuddyWatson12. Yes, and of course, you can find Dash Culture, a part of the 8-Bit Collective as well. I know a lot of you have uh, jumped on Dash Culture, so... That's it, iTunes and SoundCloud. If you haven't, what's wrong with you? Come on. <laughs> yeah, get, come on. Get what's mic- wrong with you? Check out the House of Mario episode on there. Yeah, Again, exactly. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks for having us, Auto Technica. Really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yep. No worries. And for... One second, I'll get the Nintendo jukebox ready because I did not actually choose one. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the sh- this is the part of the show where you where you're like, talk more. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he's right now, right now commentating. He's currently going through SoundCloud, looking through his like list. He's he's nodding his head vigorously, getting yes, ready yes. to find. Well, I found this. I found uh, the Simpsons arcade remix uh, by Lame Genie. All right, uh, cool. we've, we've had Lame Genie on before. Yep. Um, Love your stuff. Simpsons Arcade isn't really Nintendo, but that's what I found. So it's all right. enjoy it's all right. that. Good work. Cool. All, right. all right. Thank you very much, and we'll see you later. Thanks, guys. You guys. Nice. Bye. Yeah.